This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Amen. Believers Authority 1. Let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity to study your word. Thank you because the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Thank you for this very important subject that we'll be looking at. We trust that by your spirit, you'll open up your word to our spirits. And we won't just be hearers of the word alone. We'll be doers of the same. And a result, as a result, not only will we be blessed, we'll also be a blessing to multitudes. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So, the believer's authority one, authority of the believer one. Just like you were told, the reading assignment for this course is the book, The Believer's Authority. The Believer's Authority by Kenneth E. Hagin. The Believer's Authority by Kenneth E. Hagin. Now, there are perhaps I could say three, uh, three the book has somewhat run three editions. The first one came out in 1967, 30, about 32 pages. That's not the one I'm talking about. Then the second one came out in 1984, about 70 pages. The black one, that's not the one I'm talking about. I'm talking about the legacy edition. The legacy edition has four more chapters added to the basic eight that were in the first two editions of it. It's a classic. It'll do you a lot of good to read it again and again and again and again and again. Now, um, how we'll be approaching this course is I'll teach it from this standpoint. Twelve basic truths about the authority of the believer. Twelve basic truths about the authority of the believer. So we'll, I will outline and itemize twelve things, foundational truths, basic truths that we ought to know about the authority of the believer. Twelve basic truths about the authority of the believer. Now, one thing I'll say in starting is, the devil hates believers getting a hold of truth. He does. But there's no subject that the devil fights like this subject of the authority of the believer. He fights it tooth and toenail. Because he doesn't want believers to ever discover that they have authority over him. And then the moment uh, some folks begin to see that authority, you know, the devil tries to get them to back off it. And he'll do that with everybody because he knows that once we understand the authority we have as believers, then his days of having heyday and high carnival in our lives, that those days are over and he doesn't want that to happen. So he will fight you on this subject much more than any other one because he doesn't want us to see those truths. And when we begin to get glimpses of them, he will try to get us to back off. But you know something? We're not backing off. Amen. We're walking in the light of our authority. We're taking our place in Christ. And the truth of the matter is, he's a defeated foe. So, all right. The first truth you might want to write down. You know, one thing about it is that the paper never forgets. You ever found that out? So, it's good to take good notes. Praise God. Number one truth. Like I said, 12 basic truths about the authority of the believer. Number one. Truth number one. It will do the believer, 
it will do the believer tremendous good. It will do the believer tremendous good. It will do the believer tremendous good to pray for revelation knowledge. It will do the believer tremendous good to pray for revelation knowledge of his authority in Christ. It will do the believer tremendous good to pray for revelation knowledge of his authority in Christ. Let's look at a few scriptures. Turn with me to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. And um, we'll start reading from verse 16. Ephesians 1 from verse 16. Now, this was Paul writing under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost to the saints at Ephesus. And what's good enough for saints in Ephesus is good enough for saints in Abuja. All right. From verse 16, I'll read through to verse 23. It says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Then he, what did he make mention of them for and about? Verse 17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And then he goes on to uh, continue the prayer. Now, what I'll say is this. We know that there are different kinds of prayer, right? Anybody who's taking our prayer principles, one course. Taking prayer principles, one. Good. Now, in prayer principles, one, we're taught about different kinds of prayer. About nine different kinds of prayer. Now, there's a prayer of faith. A prayer of faith is a prayer you pray just once. Mark eleven twenty four. Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, at the moment you pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. So you don't ask for the same thing again and again and again. You ask for it once. And the moment you pray, that's the moment you believe you receive. Subsequently, what do you do? If the answer hasn't yet come, you don't pray again. You just keep reminding God, Father, this is what your word says. I prayed about this situation. I believe that I received the answer and I'm thanking you for it. Right? So that's a prayer of faith. Now, the prayer of faith is not the only kind of prayer. It has uh, the situations that it is meant for. You see this prayer right here? It's not a prayer of faith. This is actually a prayer of supplication. Notice it said, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So he didn't cease to pray these prayers. He prayed them for these saints at Ephesus. And he persisted at praying them. Praise God. Now we know that God's word is what's going to change our lives. The entrance of his words giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. Psalm 109 verse 130. God's word is what destroys yokes. God's word is what changes lives. That's the truth. But you see, the Word of God is not academic. The Word of God is not intellectual. The Word of God is not speaking to our heads. It's speaking to our hearts. In John 16, from verse 13, Jesus said, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He'll take a mind and show it unto you. All that the Father hath a mind. Therefore said, I'll take a mind and show it unto you. So you see, the Holy Spirit is the teacher. There are truths, there are scriptures you may have read again and again and again and again and again several times. Maybe even quoted them. And then maybe one day as you are reading the same scripture, light suddenly dawns on you. What happened? 
The Holy Spirit opened it up to your spirit. So you see, we must depend on the Holy Spirit. And that's why in studying such an all-important subject as this one we're studying about the believer's authority, we need to have a prayerful approach towards it. And these prayers that Paul prayed, he prayed them for the saints at Ephesus. If they were good enough for those saints in Ephesus, they're good enough for Christians anywhere and for all time. And we also know that the Bible says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto every good work. And then Peter, in referring to Paul's epistles, you know, he called them scriptures. He said, like, they also do other scriptures. So, yes, Old Testament scriptures are inspired, but New Testament scriptures are just as inspired. And this is inspired by the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, you see, it will be wise of any believer to pray these prayers for himself. Are you listening? I'll, let me read further. He said, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You see, he opens up an issue there. He begins to talk about revelation knowledge of the word of God. Wisdom in knowing how to apply it. Understanding in gaining a good grasp in one spirit of those truths. He said in 18, he said that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. One translation says the eyes of your spirit being flooded with light. That he may know. Now there are three things he wanted them to know. One was the hope of his calling. May know what's the hope of his calling. Second was the riches of the glory of God's inheritance and the saints. And third, in verse 19, he said, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word or towards us who believe? Now, on that third point about the exceeding greatness of God's power that's at work towards the believer, Paul now goes on to say some things about that power uh, that the believer needs to gain a good grasp of. That that power, you know, can only be likened to the working of God's mighty power. 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And has put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that feedeth all in all. Now we'll look some more into these uh, scriptures. But we can see here that in talking about that power that had walked towards us, it says that it's the same power that was worked in Christ when God raised him from the dead. And God seated Jesus at his own right hand. And that when he seated Jesus, he seated us also with him. And that Jesus at the right hand of the Father, is far above the forces of hell. And that Jesus is the head over all things to the church, or if you like, for the benefit of the church, and that the church is his body. So what about praying these prayers for oneself and putting your name in there? For instance, like this. Uh, I cease not to give thanks for me, O God. I make mention of myself in my prayers. I ask that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, 
may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power, and might and dominion, and every name that's named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that feeleth all in all. Like I said, it's a prayer of supplication. And it will behoove us to pray these prayers for ourselves. Just insert your name in there and just pray it repeatedly. Pray it repeatedly. Pray it repeatedly. Pray it repeatedly. Now, in this same book of Ephesians, in the third chapter, from verse 14, it says, For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you. Now, this is another prayer that he prayed for the saints at Ephesus. The book of Ephesians talks a lot about the authority of the believer. And in uh, the next few days, I'll suggest that you read through that book. Read it through. Amen. Read through the book of Ephesians. Amen. There's a whole lot in it about the authority that we have as believers. Just feed on those, those truths. And then, start to pray these prayers for yourself. From the one hymn, from verse 14 in chapter 3, 14 to 21, you insert your name and say, For this cause I bow my knees. You could go on your knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant me, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in my heart by faith, that I, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what's the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge, that I might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto you, O God, who is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all that I ask or think, according to your power that's at work in us, unto you be glory in the church by Christ Jesus, throughout all ages, world without end, in Jesus' name, amen. The turning point came in my life. When I began to pray those prayers for myself, I remember when I started, it was sometimes in the mid-80s, uh, mid-stroke, late-80s. Then, um, I remember in 1989, I began to see some truths in the Word of God until it was like, my God, have I been reading the Bible at all? Wow, what have I been doing? My God, you mean this is what happened in redemption? You mean this is who I am in Christ? You mean this is my authority? I was startled. But you see, I had been studying. I'd been a Christian for quite some years. I'd been studying. I'd even been preaching. But when I prayed those prayers for myself, exactly what I was praying for started to happen. The Spirit of God began to open up the Word of God to my spirit. And you see, not only was I praying those prayers, I was also studying God's word. Now, the spirit of God is called the spirit of truth. He will open up truth to us. If you're praying these prayers and you're not feeding on the word, then the Holy Spirit doesn't have anything to work with. Are you listening? So while you're praying these prayers for yourself, get into the word of God.
Begin to feed along these truths. And then don't just do it on a hit and miss basis. The day you remember, you pray. The day you forget, you leave it. No. Stay with it. Stay with it. There was a year, I prayed those prayers for myself, a whole year, at least six times every day. That's like 2,000 times, right? Yeah, at least six times every day for a whole year. I just stayed with it. I just stayed with it. I just stayed with it. Praise God. And I'll tell you, it's God's word. So it's inspired by the Holy Ghost. It's a prayer of supplication. Paul prayed it for those churches that existed then. And if they were good enough for them, they're good enough for us. Praise God. And I will encourage you to do the same thing. Now, you may have somebody, maybe a friend, maybe a fellow church member, maybe a relation, who is not seeing some truths in the word of God. And sometimes we wonder how to pray for fellow Christians. You know, sometimes we pray, oh God, I pray for so and so, I ask that you bless him. The truth is this, some of those prayers just do a little bit more than just to salve our consciences that we prayed. The truth is that the believer is already blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So praying that God should bless him. God will say, I've already blessed him. Amen. Praise God. But what about praying for a fellow believer? I'm praying, oh God, I ask that you count him worthy of the calling wherewith he's called and that you fulfill in him the good pleasure of your goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of the Lord Jesus may be glorified in him and he in Christ according to the grace of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. That's 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 and 12. Or about praying for a fellow believer? I'm praying, Father, I ask that his love will abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that he may approve the things that are excellent, that he may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. What about that? That's Philippians 1, from 9 to 11. And then what about praying for a Christian and praying, Father, I ask that you fill him with the knowledge of your will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that he might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to your glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. I give you thanks, because you've made us able, and so we partake of our inheritance as saints in light. We are delivered from the authority of darkness. We are translated into the kingdom of the Son of your love, in whom we have redemption through his blood even the remission as well as the forgiveness of our sins. That's Colossians 1, 9 to 14. See, these are scriptural prayers. You know, sometimes people like to go into the Old Testament and take something that doesn't exactly apply to us in the New Testament, you know, and pray prayers, oh God, pray prayer, oh God, contend with those who contend against me. Let them eat their own flesh. Let them drink their own blood. If some people want to pray scriptures, it's only scriptures about how to kill their enemies that they will love to pray. I know we don't have people like that here. You see, we're in the new covenant now. Are you listening to me? And in the new covenant, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. It may have been okay for those guys to pray that their enemies should die. Yeah, they weren't born again. They're spiritual and regenerate. They were under the old covenant. The old covenant was an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. But we're in the new covenant now. Are you listening to me? So what about praying new covenant prayers? Does that make some sense? scriptural prayers in the light of the finished work of redemption well while i mentioned that i may just as well say this jesus said something in matthew 4, 5 
verse 43 said you have heard it said by them of old thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy he said but somebody say but but, but i say unto you verse 44 of matthew 5 love your enemies bless those who curse you do good to those who hate you pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you the only prayer we're to pray for our enemies in the new testament is to pray god's blessings on them not for them to die not for their teeth to scatter not for you know return to sender return to sender return to sender return to sender you know no remember you two used to be somebody's enemy imagine if they had killed you when you were somebody's enemy <laughs> praise god but what about praying these prayers pray them for yourself pray them for fellow believers exactly what you are praying for will happen god will open up the eyes of their hearts god will begin to give them revelation knowledge of their authority and if it's you pray it for you too now if you're praying it for yourself or for someone else like i said don't do it on a hit and miss basis stay with it stay with it be consistent you could open your bible maybe put a bible marker and leave it there in the morning you wake up in the morning, you open your Bible, you pray for yourself. Before you sleep in the night, you open your Bible again. Ephesians 1, 16 to 23. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. And you pray those prayers for yourself. Praise God. You know what? What about us just praying it for ourselves right now? Will that hurt? Okay, let's go to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Now, it's not just reading something or reading a prayer. Yes, we're reading it. It's scripture. But we are praying the scriptures. Right? John 15, 7. Jesus said, if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. The foundation for a successful prayer life is God's word. And nothing works like God's word. When we take God's word back to him in prayer, it works. Praise God. But you see, you can just gloss through it as if you are reciting something by memorex no it's not just running through a prayer or just chanting a prayer it's praying it so our hearts are involved does that make sense ephesians 1 we'll start from verse 16 and we'll all say it out loud together we're not going to rush it we're going to pray it meditatively thinking on the words we are saying from verse 16 1 2 let's go I cease not now you, to give thanks for me, making mention of me in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head 
over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. That's less than two minutes, isn't it? Amen. Then let's go to chapter 3. Chapter 3 from verse 14 to 21. Now mark these scriptures in your Bible. Chapter 3 from verse 14 to 21. Now, rather than saying me here, let's say us, right? Okay. One, two. For this, for this cause, we bow our knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant us, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us unto him be glory in the church by christ jesus throughout all ages world without end in jesus name amen praise god just like we did now pray those prayers for yourself repeatedly 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 as many times as you can each day and as you're praying it make sure you also give time to study god's word and what's going to happen exactly what you're praying for will happen god will open up the eyes of your understanding and he will begin to give us revelation of his word and then we'll grasp certain things in our spirits praise god so like i said the first truth it will do the believer tremendous good to pray for revelation knowledge of his authority in Christ. And then scriptures, Ephesians 1, 16 to 23. Ephesians 1, 16 to 23. And Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. And then um, be consistent. I'm dictating. Be consistent as you pray these prayers. Be consistent. Stay with it repeatedly. Be consistent as you pray these prayers. Be consistent as you pray these prayers. Stay with it repeatedly over time. Stay with it repeatedly over time. Stay with it repeatedly over time. And make sure you are also spending quality time. Stay with it over time. Stay with it repeatedly over time. And make sure you are also spending quality time studying and meditating on the word. Stay with it repeatedly over time. And make sure you are also spending quality time studying and meditating on the word. Make sure you are also spending quality time studying and meditating on the word. These prayers, these prayers, these prayers as well as those these prayers as well as those in philippians 1 9 to 11. these prayers as well as those in philippians 1 9 to 11. 
These prayers, as well as those in Philippians 1, 9 to 11, Colossians 1, 9 to 14, 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 and 2 Thessalonians 1, and 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 to 12, 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 to 12. These prayers, as well as those in Philippians 1, 9 to 11, Colossians 1, 9 to 14, 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 to 12, can be prayed not only for oneself, can be prayed not only for oneself, but also for other Christians. Can be prayed not only for oneself, but also for other Christians. That makes sense, right? So we approach God's word in a diligent, reverent, prayerful manner. Amen. Something about the Holy Spirit. He's the spirit of truth. It takes him opening up the word of God to us. And you're a Rema student. You're in school. What about praying these prayers throughout the time of your studies? While you're schooling in Rema. While you're coming to study God's word. I tell you something. It will make a world of difference. A world of difference. And like I said, don't just do it when you remember. Make sure you remember. Apply yourself to it. Stay with it. I've had different seasons in my life where I prayed these prayers for myself seriously. Amen. Concertedly. And I keep praying them still. Because we never get to a place where we know it all. Right? Amen. Revelation knowledge of God's word is progressive. And we need to keep studying the word, keep feeding on the word, keep meditating in the word, and trust the spirit of God to open it up to our spirits. One thing I've also found that has helped me a lot to understand God's word is praying much in other tongues. Praying much in other tongues. See, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14 and in verse 2, it says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Amen. Verse 4 of that same chapter says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself, charges up himself like a battery, builds himself up. Then verse 14 of the same chapter says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. It says, What is it then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. Verse 15, I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding also. See, when we pray in other tongues, we are praying with our spirits, independent of our minds. The Amplified Version of 1 Corinthians 14, 14 says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit by the Holy Spirit within me prays, but my mind is unproductive, bears no fruit, and helps nobody. You see, you are not going to understand God's word, get the revelation of God's word with your mind. No. It takes us seeing it in our spirits. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You see, that's why it's important to pray. Pray these efficient prayers. Pray a lot in the spirit as you study the word of God. From verse 6, it says, How be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, them that are mature, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, that have been defeated, brought to nothing. He said, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. 
even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now, many times we go to verse 9 and we quote it out of his context. But I, but as it is written, I, I have not seen, nor hear, or heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. And then we stop there. No, that's not where it stops. The next verse says, But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. It says, For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. It now says, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Verse 12 says, Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. How are we going to know the things that are freely given to us of God? By the Spirit of God. Because the person that knows the things of God is the Spirit of God. And where are we going to know it? Verse 13. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual now, verse 14 says, but the natural man, and the Amplified Bible includes the natural mind, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them. You can comprehend God's word with your natural mind. It says, because they are spiritually discerned. So that's why it's important we take time to meditate on these truths. Meditate in them. Think about them. See, the mind is the gateway to the spirit. Second Corinthians 4.4 4 says, In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, which is the image of God, should shine unto them. Because their minds were blinded, the light could not shine unto them. And so they did not believe. What faculty do we use to believe? Romans 10.10, with a heart man believes. So it's with our spirits that we believe. And you see, faith comes to the heart unconsciously through the door of discovered evidence. So it's when we get the light of God's word in our spirits, that's when faith comes. So that's why it's good to take the time, open up our minds, and think on scriptures. And as we're meditating on it, feeding on it, we are giving the Holy Spirit, who is living in our spirits, something to use to open up the word of God to our spirits. Are you listening? So pray these prayers for yourself. Stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. And what's going to happen? Exactly what you are praying for will happen. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto us. Now, will God tell us to ask him for something he wasn't willing to give us? No. May give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. You see, God wants us to have the knowledge of him. He said that the eyes of our understanding, the eyes of our spirits, being enlightened, that we may know. We may know exact knowledge, epignosis, revelation knowledge in our spirits of our authority. Praise God. So that's the first truth. It will do the believer tremendous good to pray for revelation knowledge of his authority in Christ. Ephesians 1, 16 to 23. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. And like I said earlier, be consistent as you pray these prayers. Stay with it repeatedly over time. And make sure you are also spending quality time studying and meditating on the word.
these prayers, as well as those in Philippians 1, 9 to 11, Colossians 1, 9 to 14, and 2 Thessalonians 1, 11 to 12, can be prayed not only for oneself, but also for other Christians. So that's basic truth number one. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.